Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. Ooh, you heard that? You know that. We're back. We're black. (laughs) We're brown. (laughs) Ambition. Ambition. Wow, hey, just like Destiny's Child, those throwback <laughs> clips. Mama Tina's always posting Literally, on IG. Instead of de- we're, we're Destiny. Get it? Instead of Destiny, Destiny's Child. Just a little dusty. <laughs> just a little jankier. Yes. Oh, that felt good. It's been so I long. I know. I haven't been in a singing mood without you, babes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to be back. Ish. <laughs> back ish. Yes. I love that. Giving yourself free to define it however the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted from Mother's Day, I have to be honest. Did the like, baby make you anything in, in school? It's, it's a lot of freaking work to have to be a mom on Mother's Day. And every mom that I've run into since yesterday, we just all look at each other like, you're out here too. You don't want to be? Yep. You just want to take a nap, don't you? Yep. But they keep making us do things, the brunches and the... <laughs> it's great. You know, Rio made me his first little... He's big enough now he can actually like, you know sign a card well he scribbles Aww, but yeah and he he made they made uh the kids did little wind chimes for us at daycare so it was, he was so so proud of himself when he walked in Aww. and gave it to me it was adorable but now you gotta keep it forever and ever and ever i will because it's useful <laughs> a little wind chime it's not like i don't know an ashtray that's what i used to make my mom's but I guess oh my that's gosh not, that's not cool anymore <laughs> like, I, let me think about the times right oh my right? gosh it's like <laughs> But what um Car- um my sister Carol like her her son Roman made her some little like I don't know I don't I don't know if it was a flower vase or like whatever but it had like his picture on it or whatever and he told her like <laughs> if she didn't act right he was gonna take it back <laughs> of course he would say that he said mommy there is a did you check the terms and conditions of this gift? I mean then the behavior she, clause <laughs> I mean I couldn't believe it she was like you can't take it back he said I can and I will and then Amelia <laughs> created a chart where it's like she found that they have this behavior chart for her where literally it says chart mommy chart and every day because like in school I guess they have like a little box of you behave you get a check if you don't you get an x so apparently they got a running chart for her in their room can you imagine judging her mom <laughs> Yeah, actually, I can't imagine it. The Yo. the the people, she's lost control. That's what you're. Yes, she is. Shout they are literally. Sister. She's lost control. <laughs> the we calls coming in from inside the house. She took it. She put it in our group chat. She was like, "Look at these daggone kids. Check deciding if I was good today." <laughs> <laughs> we do that ourselves in our own minds, Mom. We don't, I know. See, we don't, we don't need, need the, the kids pressure. to criticize us. We're already bad. I know. Yeah, it was a. Uh, Enrique did cook for me. Husband did cook, but in order okay, for him good. to have all of the hours he needed to do things like shop and 
cook a meal. <laughs> I was like, babysitter, didn't you didn't think about that? Nope. Wow. Okay, I'm just going to be sitting here. And it's raining cats and dogs. So <sighs> I was really stuck indoors with my wild child. But it was lovely. Uh, long story short, though, I booked a massage for myself tomorrow. So we're going to make Tuesday when everyone's at daycare and work and out of my damn way. We're making Tuesday Mother's Day. Okay. Yes. We're going to be all right. It's like, no, you have to create <laughs> yes. space and time. Uh, I was on uh, my neighbor next door. I was like, I've been looking to purchase like, you know, like another um, home or whatever. And my neighbor next door, it looks like he was like gearing up to move. And then a friend of mine told me, girl. Like, you know how there's like financial stuff that happens in the news, but then it's like it hits home. So she was supposed to buy a house around the corner. House is really beautiful. It's really hard to get into this neighborhood. She found it. She had a great interest rate that she locked in for 3%, which is awesome. Historic lows, we all know. Um, But the problem is, is that the seller's agent was slow. And if you don't know anything about interest rates, it's typically... The bank will give you a specific number of days, you know, sometimes it's 30 days or whatever to secure like whatever, basically to get all your stuff together. So she had done all of her stuff and gotten all her stuff together and the seller's agent. So that means the people that represent the people who are selling the house was supposed to get their stuff together and they did not, um, the agent. So the rate lock expired? Yes. Damn. And she went from 3% to 6%. And now she can't Damn. afford the house. Can I was you imagine? about to say, rates at 3%, like that was a couple months yep. ago. Like rates mm-hmm. have gone back up. Now that the so, Fed's raising rates, yep. I know. So you know she is livid. Now here's the thing. You know, like folks don't really understand that. Sometimes like, so if your rate goes up, it makes the price of the house not necessarily go up, but it certainly makes the monthly Payment. Your monthly payment go up. So now all of a sudden, who, someone who could afford this $500,000 home can only afford a $450,000 home because they can't afford the monthly payments of the $500,000 home unless the interest rate was super low. And so now you're going to have homes that it's like some of these homes are going to have to adjust their prices just because people people who could afford them you know, with a lower interest rate are not going to be able to afford them now. So it's like... Yikes, tell me we're headed for a recession without telling me we're heading for a recession, child. I know. it. That's that's the whispers out there. And then the stock market, you know, I'm usually pretty good. This is not our first rodeo. How long have we been doing this show? Seven years now. How many different stock market dips have we come and co- said to y'all, calm down, it's going to be all right. Don't look. Ooh, I was like this last night looking at my 401, not my 401k, but my, well, you know, my 401ks that I've now consolidated into my you know, my one central uh, brokerage account. And I'm, t- here's the thing. Uh, you know, on your brokerage account, you can view the returns from like year to date, one year ago, five years. I like to start with the 10 year outlook. How has this performed over 10 years? And I was like, oh, you know, it's up. I don't, I forget what the percent, double digits, you know, up. Okay, good. Um, But yeah, if you look to how I've been doing since January, it ain't a pretty picture. Ooh. I lost. Yeah, it was down. Negative, negative, negative. But let's talk about why and what's going on. (sighs) It seems like a million different things. One, the Fed is raising interest rates. Yes. And businesses, aka those things that make up the stock market, don't love higher borrowing costs. Um, In general, inflation is still cray cray. Cray cray. Like insanely crazy, right? It's looking like 1980. Um, Some of y'all wasn't even born then. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm about to Google it right now. What is the inflation rate? What's it been like? Eight percent? It's forty years. It hasn't been as high as it is. I know. And um, I'm forty two, so I was two years old when we last experienced this this craziness. Eight and a half percent. <gasps> I a just checked. High. You, you know why did I? Why did as I? Of March. Why did Mandy make me do this? I just checked my account. <laughs> I'm down twenty three. Don't for the the last three months. I'm down twenty three. Basically 24%. Yo, that's yeah. crazy. But quick, quick, this, look at the 10-year outlook. Quick, quick. Okay, okay. The of all time, year. of all time. Okay, yeah, of all yeah, time, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. up 14% of all time. See, there we go. And yes, the like, pitter-patter okay. anxiety starts to relax. Yes. It's yes. Like, okay. Yes. But <sighs> I really had to do that because it's stressful. It's like, should I be doing something different? No. No. The truth. Well, that's not true. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We started off friends. Anyway. So, <laughs> okay, Kelly, <laughs> name that song. Go. So the the thing is, is that during the last major recession, 2009, 10, that's when wealth was made for so many people. And you hear people say that over and over and over again. And then we lose our minds every time we have the opportunity to grow wealth in this way. And the reason why you have the opportunity to grow wealth in this way is that there are things that are legitimately down, like this is not a good company down. And there are things that are down situationally. Like this is a good company, but everybody down, so you down too. So if you have companies that you've been studying and you know this is actually like a really good company, or maybe it's just the market itself because the market goes up and down, up and down, that you might say, I'm going to invest in like the overall market through an ETF, um, which is like um, a group of, of stocks and bonds and other financial um um, instruments that you can purchase that mimics what the market does. You know, this is not certainly not investment advice, but I'm just saying in general that like, you know, when the market is down, it may present an opportunity to stock up on things that are quote unquote on sale. But remember, in order for something to be on sale, it actually has to be the real value. It's really worth the value. It just happens to be temporarily discounted. That's the that's the key to investing is finding things that are temporarily discounted, stocking up when they're on sale, and when they go return to regular price, getting you behind on Etsy and selling them for full price, y'all. <laughs> that is what... So there, there's real opportunity here that yes, you might have... Um, and lost money, but know that over the last hundred years, the market has always gone back up and exceeded where it was previously. So if we were to look back, you know, last 50 years, 100 years, we know that that is likely to happen. Of course, no one knows the future, but it might be an opportunity to like stock up. I'm certainly like, I have a stock um or an investment WhatsApp chat, and we're always talking about things like, you know, what are you going to pick up that's on sale? So what about you, Mandra? How are you going to be riding this wave? Well, you know what? I love, um, well, I want to talk about something else. I love this podcast called The Indicator, and I have to shout them out. Okay. They are like a 10-minute quick little, they basically pick one economic indicator, and they kind of mm. dive into it each week. And I love it. It's a great little nugget of a show. And last week's episode had me really noodling because they were talking mm. about I-bonds, which okay. don't sound sexy at all. You think about bonds, savings bonds, and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, that thing that grandma bought me, you know, in the early 90s or, or 80s or whatnot. But inflation bonds have been getting really, really sexy. And there's this one particular bond called the I-bond, which they talked about. And then after okay. I heard about it, I was like Googling it and really interested. But because of inflation, they basically created this product called the I-bond back in the okay. 90s to give investors an alternative, like another way to invest their money that was relatively safe, that was actually backed by the government. 
right? So you're never going to lose the money that you put in. And it had a guaranteed interest rate. And because of how, and it's called the inflation bond, the I bond, because it is meant to protect you against inflation. Now, before you get too excited, and I'm going to tell you what the interest rate is today, guaranteed 9.62% interest rate, guaranteed, guaranteed, right? You can only put $10,000 in it a year. Okay, so that's the one caveat, but it exists, right? Inflation bonds, it exists. It's not a, it's not a scam, girl. You see me with my pants? I'm literally, yeah. And I know a risk adverse investor like you. You're like, girl. I'm like, I bond for when I speak to um, Anjali, my financial advisor. This coming week, I'm like, girl. Um, please explain. I bond nine point what percent? You said nine point six two, nine point six two. Oh, look at my old friend Ken getting quoted in this article about them. Now, this is Ken, my, my friend Ken. We used to work together at when I was um, at a couple companies ago. He's the founder of a website called depositaccounts.com. When you talk about the, you know, revenge of the nerds and like people who are obsessed with conservative, you know, investments, Ken Tuman is like the the ringleader and he's amazing. So he's, I'm sure he's just dancing and having a party right now. Everyone's thinking I-bonds are sexy. But I, yeah, I read about it and I'm actually... I'm thinking less about my investments these days, and I just don't have the bandwidth. But my dad is finally getting his act together at 62. No, shout out to my dad. And he's, he had me open him up a, a brokerage account at Vanguard, and he put in, you know, some money. And I'm I'm meant to be figuring out what, how to invest it. And I'm like, duh, I bond. Like, at least that's the first step for someone like him who's in his early 60s. And he needs to he literally needs to hedge against inflation. And that's what that's what the I bond is meant to do. It's meant to, at the minimum, keep your money protected against inflation so that the dollar you put in today will at least be a dollar, you know, down the road. But because of how high inflation is, we just said like, what, eight, nine percent has our cr- so the I bond rate has gone up. So if y'all want to look into it, it got my little ears perked up this past weekend. And anyway, but those limitations, the whole like only 10,000 thing, I think it's 10,000 per year. And on top of that, it's only, you know, 9.6% is exciting, especially when you think about how much did we lose? <laughs> you said 20 something percent. Yeah, but still over the 10 year period, what I think I was up like you said 14. I haven't looked at mine, but double digits, right? So that you don't have the potential to be as high as a stock market. So that's why it's obviously not the only answer, but it can be one, one, just one investment that I was thinking about outside. So of that's what they investing. call like a hedge, right? Because basically, yes. when you do that, it's like, you like, for example, for those of you who are like, what does that mean when people say they're hedging, hedging their bets? It means that as they take a risk over here, and we all know which way it's going to go, you might go to 23%, 30%, whatever. You hedge your bets by saying, let me keep some things aside for safety for that way I can only fall but so far because it's like I can, you know, with great risk comes great reward. So we could go, 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 go on this side. And then over here, it's like, you know, we can only fall but so much. So with any of these things, really, the key is figuring out the balance for you. You know, how much do I want to put in like, quote unquote, safer investments? And how much do I want to put in investments that have the the um, the potential to go as high as possible? But just know with great height comes great falls, child. So you just got to know like what that balance is for you. Well, one last thing on the I-bond, because I did bring up this question. Here's the mm-hmm. rules. You can put up to $10,000 in okay. I-bonds per person per year. Okay. Um, you have to go to Treasury Direct. Dot gov where you can purchase them. Okay. Um, and then you can actually, if you're getting a federal income tax refund, you can buy up to an additional $5,000 worth. 
using your income tax refund. So Ooh. if you're a couple and you're filing jointly or um, purchasing these jointly, that means you can buy up to $25,000 worth per year. Um, so definitely a conversation to be had with a your individual financial planner, not yes. your financial besties, us. What um. What are you reading that from? Because I'm literally going to e- email Anjali that um that um, my girl Ann Carnes from the New York Times. You want me to? I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link right now. Oh yes, you. please do. Yes. And check out that episode of the Indicator. Shout out to them. I love them. Um, yeah. They are my 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 walk companions on Friday. You'd be so proud of me. I'm doing a lot of my early morning. I don't have early morning business calls. I usually have a coaching call every every day at 10 a.m. Okay. And I've started a walking regimen. Regimen sounds Yay. too militaristic. I don't know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I drop the kid off at daycare. I go to a park. That's a beautiful park and near me. And I've been walking and 45 minutes has turned into like two hours sometimes. Love and I'm it. doing coaching calls. And my clients don't mind that I'm walking around. Girl, they, like, I'm telling you, they probably they really they don't it. mind. Because <laughs> they love it because you are, you are, it's a teachable moment of what it looks like when you align yourself, you get paid what you feel is fair, and you can walk and talk like Mandra. So I love yeah. that. Had to get me out of this basement. It's cold down here. And plus, <laughs> it's been like sunny lately or sunny today anyway. So I was like, mm-hmm. no way am I going to sit down here if I don't have to. I know. I try to, you know, I try to get my daily walk in. And something, a habit that I picked up when I was in Bali is um, I was like, okay, I'm going to Bali, but what am I going to do as far as exercise? Although I knew I'd do more hiking and things than normal because, you know, everything's so beautiful. But still, I wanted like to bring something with me. And um, I was at Marshall's and, you know, they, they have like this exercise section. And I was like, oh, a jump rope. I have that jump rope since I was Ooh. like a kid. And so I got a jump rope. And when I tell you, I enjoy jump roping. I never thought, I mean, now I'm not one of these, um, the boxers, you know, those boxers be like, girl, it sounds more like Cinderella, Justin Yellow, what to like my jump rope cadence is, yes, it's definitely giving sixth grade Tiffany. But when I tell you that the inches that I have shred as a result of jumping rope, and then after jump rope, I do a little, some like calisthenics, like sometimes some lunges and squats and some crunches, you know, nothing crazy. You know, so, but that alone, I mean, it wasn't even that I dropped a, a ton of like weight or anything. It was, but the inches, because like the outfit that I wore to Bali, I always have like a travel pair of jeans and shirt. It was smaller when I came back. And um, when I had stepped on the scale for when I came back, because I didn't step on any scales in Bali, I was like, okay, I actually had put on like two pounds. But yet my sister was like, did you eat when you were out there? I'm like, why? She's like, you you look so like, you look like you lost a lot. And I had not, it was just. You know, like I just really shred inches. And since then, I built just, muscle. Yes. And so I've been jumping rope in the morning, in the evening. And I find that when I jump rope before bed, I actually sleep better. And so I honestly, when I say I love it, because I'm kind of a control freak. I don't know if you know this about Mandra and I, because she is one too. And um, wow. what I like it. Wow. <laughs> Just gonna drag me down with you. That's fine. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm falling down the rabbit hole, but what I love about the jump rope is that, you know, like the Peloton is the instructor telling me what to do. I'm like, leave me alone. The the treadmill is like the treadmill telling me. But with the jump rope, at any moment, I can stop. I could do as much or as little. You know what I mean? It doesn't require like all of this like thought process. I jump rope now, like talking on the phone with my sister in the morning because it like helps like, you know, talking and jumping rope, you know, like helps like with me because I I had asthma as a kid. So it helps me like strengthen my lungs. I've heard that it's really good for bone density, jumping rope. 
I love um, that you're bringing this up because not long ago I read an article that said that was like jump roping is it. If you really like, yes, it was all about exactly what you're saying, how it helps with bone density, how yeah. it's a good cardio workout and how it yes. adds. What's it when you actually your body weight? Like that's why walking and running are good, too, because you're you have to carry yourself and it. I don't yes. know, probably something scientific that I'm not qualified to speak on. <laughs> But because of that article, I bought my I bought me a little seven dollar jump rope. Okay. And I can I haven't been I, I wish I could say I was as I had gotten more in the habit of it, but what mm -hmm. I liked is I could put it in my pocket and take it on a walk yes. with me. You know, whip it out. It is fun though. It does take you back to being a kid. Yes, because I'm like literally like, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> and I'm telling you like and then I'll literally mess up and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> but I so I had this thing. So in the beginning, I was like, well, how long do I jump? I said, you know what? How about now how long? Just do hundred rotations. So I'd be like one, two, messed up. Okay. Three, four, five, six, messed up. Okay. So then then when a hundred rotations got to be easy, because in the beginning I would do like four and be like, I need a minute. Yeah. A minute. <laughs> and then when a hundred Right, then that got easy. Then I would do stuff like, okay, one Drake song. Because, you know, he'd be crooning for a while. Then I'm like, okay, two Drake songs. So then, you know, so literally I'll set it. And now I'll be like, okay, I'm going to listen to a podcast and jump rope. So it makes it easy to like, I like to pair it with a thing. So I'm not really thinking about the jumping of the rope. Or maybe I'll say, I'm going to jump rope this whole conversation with my sister. But when I tell you, it's been awesome. I've been intermittent fasting. I had already done that already. Inter I like intermittent fasting. I like... Like I'm not a breakfast person, so you know I don't eat late anymore um, for the most part. But like you know, maybe I eat my first meal like 11, 30, 12, because my my fast is 11:30 to 12 to 7:30. So any time after 11:30. Um, but also too, like just listening to my body. Like I'll eat something. I'm realizing chicken doesn't really do me right. You know, like like um, beef and chicken. I'm like really. So I've cut that out. Um, I had not eaten beef in a while anyway, but really it's seafood, heavy, heavy vegetables. The more vegetables I eat, the better I feel. So knowing that I'm just like, that's why my skin, look at my skin. For those of you who are not watching our YouTube or not watching our, um, who are not following us on, on Insta, you're missing out because Mandy and I skin is glowing. I okay. need sunglasses. The glow is, <laughs> I'm also kind of annoyed. I'm like, damn it. Another person being like vegetables and exercise. Honestly, I had decided, cause I was doing that obviously after the draw passed away, I was like, because everybody's drinking me like cookies and cakes and this and that. And I was raking it in. But before he had passed away, I had actually gone to the doctor and two visits twice. My I never had high blood pressure before. And my blood pressure was elevated. And she was like, hmm. The first time she was just like, yeah, you know, maybe you ran up the stairs to come see me. Second time she said, Tiffany, you never have elevated blood pressure. This is the second time. But by then I had packed on like 20 pounds. Like this is pre-passing. And I was like, eh, you know, same. I was just kind of like, oh, I'll do this. I'll do that. I would stick to something for a week or two. I bought the Peloton and all these other things. But, you know, I really started to worry because I'm like, you know, blood pressure is really nothing to play with. And then she told me, if you come back and your blood pressure is still high, I'm going to have to put you on medication. I was like, medication? Like I'm 70? And I was like, Tiffany. And so once Gerald passed away, I said to myself, Tiffany, we can't do both. Like, I know that you want to eat all the things, but I can't, I, I have to just focus on this grief right now, girl. I cannot also stress about your health. So it's like, I had to almost step outside of myself and say, you know, like you, you know, we could like, see me in the year, sis, if we want to overeat, you know, but right now you need to focus on this one thing. And so that's what pushed me to say, 
I cannot also be afraid that I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, girl, choose something. And so that's why I got the jump rope. That's why, honestly, I chose Bali because I knew I could reset my diet. And I did. Um, you know, like I, I do this thing that my sister hates when I call it hot salad. <laughs> so, like, I don't cook. That Y'all know how to gross. cook. Like I know that's what she hates when I say. I'm like, sun. I'm about to get me a hot salad. She's like, I don't say that. I'm like, <laughs> so, but really what it is is I go to Whole Foods and I get all the warm, warm vegetables, you know, because one of the reasons, like one of the deterrents for, for me eating vegetables is like, I don't always want crispy, crunchy, cold. And so I'll just go to, you know what I mean? I'll always, I'll go to Whole Foods and I'll get like a, a you know, a, a bunch of like I, in all the little containers, like beans in this containers and, and another set of beans here. And then like the cooked vegetables in all their separate containers. And then I have maybe four or five containers at home. And then I will like, you know, like put them all into like a pan, a wok, and then I'll season them up and, and eat that for like breakfast or lunch or dinner. And so, um, but that has helped a lot because I'm like, you know, sometimes I do like the crunchy, you know, cold, but you know, sometimes I want something warm and beans and, and um, mushrooms have been really like my best friend when it comes to needing that more robust feeling when I'm eating, you know, and being full longer. Um, so it's helped significantly. But yeah, I'm down like 20 something pounds. I don't know if y'all could sell, but um, yeah, I'm down like well, 20 something pounds and I, and you look, I feel. You look good, like you say you're feeling, which is. Yeah, but like I, I feel healthy. That's what I'll say. Like I do, I feel um, physically stronger and healthier. But yeah, so if, for those of you who might be struggling, consider hot salad <laughs> and a jump rope. Hot, the hot salad jump rope by, by <laughs> Tiffany. I can't wait to buy it. I'm sure it'll be a bestseller. Because no, you know, people don't realize. Like my friend always says that bad health is is like people are like, oh, you know, good food is expensive. Like healthy food is expensive. I'm like, bad health is even more expensive. You're so right. So. And I, it's so annoying that you can be so smart, <laughs> even through grief. <laughs> like, to be, because it's true. It's one more goddamn thing to think about and think. Yes. And I'm just like, this again, Mandy. I know. Another one, <laughs> another 50 pounds. Come on. <laughs> um, hey, we're all on our own journeys, right? So we're all on our own journeys. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of Brown Ambition. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, BA fam, we're back. Can I tell you a, a little secret, though, that I'm really mm -hmm. excited about? Mm -hmm. And... I decided I'm going to speak my secrets out loud. But at the beginning of the year, one of my one of my goals was to work on a book proposal. Okay. Um, so I could, yes, so I could, you know, get my own, get my own, uh, what's that on your, what do you call that behind you? That picture? Oh, my own oh. book cover on the wall behind me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, but I, I know I've had this, I've had this idea. And, um, but it wasn't happening, right? Like I'm someone I've written my whole life. I've always wanted to write a book, I, you know, and I know I have it in me. And I keep saying that but yet, where to book at though, never had it never got that agent agents reach out never did anything, you know, and I realized, okay, so what do I need to change? I need some accountability. So I'm working with a book proposal coach, who's holding me accountable. And I'm going to get this book. I'm not ready to like talk about titles and stuff. But you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you offline, Tiff. Um, (laughs) Now that you're back ish, but I'm really excited. And and I know Tiff, you just went through this too. Um, But I'll share y'all. So the journey is, for me, proposal first, and then yep. shop it to agents, okay. and then agent gets it, and hopefully agent takes it to a publisher, and then all that. But mm-hmm. I'm not focused on that now. The yes. focus now is just to get this that months, several months work of proposal writing. So that's going to be my summer activity. And I'm really, really, it feels so damn good to have taken one step that I know is like, okay, I'm actually doing this damn thing. It's it feels and I'm good. proud of you for it because I I got the agent first, and then the proposal was due. I'm not gonna lie, the level of stress it was so it's a because huge I had burden. Really, yeah, because I would I had, to your point, I had not thought it through. Like, what do I want to write? Wait, wait, wait. So, but but I will tell you the best piece of advice that my agent Heather gave me was um because I was like, can I do like a little five page proposal? She was like, you can, but she said the issue with doing that is that. Well, one, when you do a more fleshed out proposal, that means that you in your head are really clear about what you're going to write. And also, two, it makes the person who's buying the book clear about what you're going to write. Because if you do a shorter one, you know, the the publisher might be like, let's turn left. And you're like, well, you know, my intention was to turn right, but it's not in the proposal. So how would they have known that? You know, so I was like, okay. So I told myself, girl, I don't care what Heather's talking about. I'm about to do this 10 page proposal uh, 70 pages later. (laughs) Yeah. Between yes. 50 and 100 is the estimate that yes. I've heard. So that's right on the nose. Yes, I yes. think it was like 70 pages late. But I was, when I tell you, I'm so glad that I wrote the proposal in the way that I did because it forced me to get clear on what did I want to write. And I wrote the, like, I can, obviously, Mandy, I don't know if I have, but I can obviously share my proposal with you. The, the I wrote my whole first, like, introduction chapter for, you know, and then, like, you know, like, here are the chapters, here's what, what I'm going to cover. But when I tell you it was so helpful because it was, like, the most amazing outline that I just had to fill in as I was doing the book. So, yeah, like, the proposal process can be, truthfully, it's, oh, it's crazy. I almost found it harder, the proposal process, than the actual writing of the book. Yeah, because it's exactly, it's all of that. It's clarity. It's being mm-hmm. focused. It's having all that feedback. And I, and I know, and that's what's been so daunting is, and I, and thank you for that because a lot of generous people have shared their proposals with me and, Mm -hmm. and in the best way, it's like, it, it like, it forced me to be like, okay, let me get this right. And, um, and even like speaking to different coaches and who I wanted to work with and ended up picking this wonderful woman. Um, I mean, we haven't started yet, so I'll endorse her once it's done, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but she's actually worked with authors just like me, people who. And, and Tiff as well, like, you know, people who have, you know, built a following and have a message, but really want to target it and be specific. And and for me, the book is really just a, a continuation of my business. You know, for me, I know it'll open doors to opportunities and just, yeah, I, I, you know, but one step at a time. And I, I coach this all the time with my clients is what's the one step you did today to get you toward your end goal? Just one baby step. And for me, signing that contract with her was a big baby step. Big girl step. 
Yeah, big <laughs> Can I give up. you one, one, one piece of advice that really helped me, aside from like not the proposal itself, but just in general, this process? So I would just say that figure out what do you want? Meaning like um, for me, I was like, okay, what do I want out of this book? And so I was like, well, one, I wanted something. I, I, I could imagine the woman going to Barnes and Nobles and picking it off the shelf and saying, okay, now I know what to do when it comes to the foundation of my personal financial life. Like I wanted like a, almost like a financial Bible. So that was one. I was like, I want there, it's almost like, I mean, I'm dating myself like an encyclopedia. That's how I wanted it to feel. So I was like, one, I want to help that woman, the woman who, who emails me and sees me in Whole Foods and Marshalls and says, Tiffany, I need help with. It's like, here's the foundation. That was one. Two, to me, it wasn't really about like um, how big my contract was going to be because honestly, I I didn't have a point of reference on how big contracts could be because I was a new time author as far as, um you know, publishing in this way. But I said, I know that I want to see, can I do it? Like I wanted to sell 100,000 copies in a year, although I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize like that's like not realistic, a realistic goal. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not. You operate you in a different universe than the rest yeah, of the Yeah, but I didn't know what was a lot or a little. You know what I mean? Like I thought like, yeah. you know, I didn't realize that 10,000 is really good. 25 is great. Over 50 is, okay, girl, we see you. So 100,000 is like, all right, girl, are you Michelle Obama? You know, so I didn't, but that was like my number in my head just because I just, I was, I'm used to working with like my business number. So I was like, oh, okay, this is our goal. And then third, I really wanted a New York Times bestseller not for the flex, although it's nice flex, really because I wanted to be taken more seriously in other circles. And I knew that having that stamp was going to allow folks who might be like, and, and no no shade to influencers because I'm in part an influencer on top of financial educator and otherwise. But I knew that if I wanted to be taken seriously in a broader market, having that stamp of New York Times bestseller was going to assist me in doing so. So I just share that to say that, and that's just for any of y'all setting any kind of goals, like the goal before the goal, because you have to, that's really the spice to the thing you're creating. That had I not set those intentions ahead of time, I, I baked in those intentions into the writing of the proposal and then the book and then the marketing. And then the, so really got clear, like I want that woman to have her financial Bible and with that New York Times bestseller. So it gives me that stamp of approval. And there was a, a, a certain amount of books I wanted to sell. Although I just found out, Penguin told me, like I had a meeting with them last week and they were like, the number, my, my, we have an author, author portal. Almost every publisher has one or big publisher where you can go in and see your numbers. And I was like, oh, okay. I see my numbers. Uh, one year later, my book has sold, drum roll please, 157,000 copies in one year. I was like, say what now? I said, the author portal don't say that. She was like, yeah, I know. She's like, I don't know why it's off. She said, but they pull numbers like Target calls them every week, um, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. Every week they get all the numbers from all the bookstores and whatever. And she's like, no, I can tell you right now, 157,000 copies in one calendar year, which is insane. So I can't oh, wait for your book to come your out. Book came out. Sorry. Girl, I can't wait <laughs> to give you crazy. all my tips and tricks, child. I'm like, girl, Aww. don't do that. Oh, Mandy, do this. Don't do that, Mandy. Oh, do this. <laughs> well, no, I just told you on last week's show, and I'll say it again, and I've said it to other people too. The fact that your book did so amazing, like you don't even understand. It'll probably take years for you to find it, but to figure it out or to, or even it's not one of those things that could maybe ever tangible, but it makes a, such a big difference still to this day. 10% or fewer books are by people of color. 
not even women of color, people of color. And I feel like if you even get into the business category and finance categories and even smaller percentage, there are so there's so much room for us. But unfortunately, we're still in this point of we need to prove that there's a marketplace and all that bullshit, right? So in such a huge way, you know, and with your intentions, I know, you know, being entirely what they are about that woman picking your book off the shelf, but you creating that book has probably made it easier for me to get a book deal and other people have come at you. So again, I will pour, I will always give you your flowers, Tiff. Um, Thanks, Mandra. You deserve it. You do. And I, I hope, I hope my book can do the same. I'm really excited. <sighs> yeah, well, we go, Big girl, we're going to be... Y'all gonna be sick of us, sick of us over here, Brian and Bishop. Talking be about. sick of Candy. Give me this book. Give me this book. book. <laughs> my um, my untitled book project. I'll tell you more about it as I go. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Ah, oh, well, that puts us in a great mood for some boosty breaky time. Yeah, let's anyway. take a quick let's take a quick little commercial yes. break to hear some from some of our sponsors, and we'll be right back with your boost and break. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you-know-what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. All right. Wait, what's your boost and break song? I forget. I don't know. It's now it's time to. No, no. It was like the Mickey Mouse song. It was like M I C K E Y. No, what was like. Do the kids oh. even know what that is anymore? No, I know. Do you so have old. a version of that, you know, that we could do with, um, I don't know, Bad Bunny, DJ Khaled, something that the youths are into these days? No, but I will. I will think of something. I will. I'm okay. trying to think of like what's a a cute little ditty that we could do it to. For now, we could just be like, um, "Are you gonna boost? Are you gonna break?" No, we didn't. This is just new. <laughs> Producer, people look it, in the background. Find us some theme music. Yes, and you know break. what? Here, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Brown ambition listeners, Mandy and I would love a really cute booster break ditty. Okay, oh, so Lord. if you can sing us a little songy song and um, send it to us, um, maybe DMs via Instagram. Is that a good place to send a little songy song? Sure, sure. Right? DM us on Instagram with your little songy song about boosting and breaking. Brown boost, brown break. Brown boost, brown break. What you gonna do? No, that's some bad voice. Um, but yeah, see, I'm just, I'm tap dry. So if you okay. have a <laughs> cute booster break song, send it. Maybe we'll play it and we will... We will, you know, um, you know, we'll shout out your IG. How about that? That sounds good. And I know I'm mm-hmm. no help because all I can think of is the wheels on the bus, which was ba- <laughs> which was bopping in the car this morning and the BAQA <laughs> theme song. But I got nothing. But let's get into it. What are you going to yes. do, Tiff? Boost or break today? Uh, I am going to boost because I had um, therapy right before. Because I, I know we chatted prior and you were like, before this, you took like an hour or two to kind of think about the show and I took the hour to like you know just kind of like decompress from therapy so I cannot tell you how 
helpful therapy has been, not just for obviously this grief process, because today was like a really rough day. It certainly, you know, I was telling my therapist, I'm like, I woke up so anxious and I couldn't, I didn't understand why. And, you know, she helped me to see like, there's just a lot of triggers in my house that just like, I just missing Jarrell, honestly. Um, and how to see grief as a wave, not, you know, uh, you hear like the five stages of grief. She's like, you know, they've since debunked that therapist because that's just not how grief like reveals itself. It's more like a wave. There's ebbs and flows and that's going to be natural. Some days the wave is going to be really big and all I can do is anchor myself to the beach. And some days, you know, the waves will barely brush my feet and that will just be, and that's normal. So that helped a lot. But also like, we're not just working through, yes, the grief that is definitely main, main priority, but also I've been working through, you know, like, um, unearthing why sometimes I have a hard time having the hard conversations. And and I'm like on the cusp of finally being able to shake some of that so I can be free of that. If there is one heavy thing that hangs around my neck outside of the grief, it has been hanging around my neck since I was in elementary school is why am I afraid to say the hard things? And I know why I'm afraid to say the hard things. And I've been practicing saying the hard things and I'm getting so much better at it. And so I just don't know what I would do without therapy because it just would have been this thing that I got used to dragging along with me. And so I just encourage like, you know, asking for help, whatever that might look like. It might look like coaching. It might look like therapy. But this black girl over here is here only because of, you know, my ability to have help through this journey, like, you know, professionally, personally, and otherwise. And so just a, a a black girl brown boost for therapy and black therapists. Oh my gosh, Dr. Green is amazing. You know, there's stuff that we could talk about, sister girl talk, you know, that I don't have to explain what I mean. And she's like, no, I got exactly, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Tiffany. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you will. I, I, I'm such a huge fan of therapy too. And I also feel like getting it before you absolutely need it is, is, should be normalized too. Cause for me, yes. it's like the mental health emergency fund. Yeah. Like I may not need it. But I'm still going to be squirreling away, you know, some money so that and by money, I mean, having my biweekly appointments, even if I don't feel like there's something that I need. Yeah. Because I mean, even you after you, what you went through, I'm, I'm so glad I know you had that moment where you weren't sure if she could even really see you because of yeah. the state laws and stuff. But thankfully, mm-hmm. she could. Mm-hmm. But how amazing. And then you don't have to like tell someone all about you and start from scratch yes. and that I have someone because with my life, it's always something eventually there will always be something. Um, So I love that. I love it. So what can I boost today? I actually, oh, this is what I wanted to boost. So I read this article about this, these tenants in the Bronx. And I thought this, the the whole story is incredible. And we'll put the article in the show links. But the headline is, a landlord underestimated his tenants. Now they could own the building. Okay, so a new landlord came into the Bronx, bought a building and threatened to raise rents and kick out the tenants. But the tenants banded together. And Mm. because they took this landlord to court, they have now each been able to purchase their apartments for guess what? This is a Manhattan apartment in the Bronx, $2,500 each. Wow. This is a dozen tenants from a small Bronx apartment building. So I love this story. We'll We'll share the link in the show notes. But... I love it. David versus Goliath, especially at a time in New York where I've got friends who are finally moving back to New York post pandemic. Well, that's not post pandemic, but you know, you could get apartments in New York in 2020, 2021 for really for a lot lower rent because everyone was going the other direction. But now the rents are going back up. Like we're talking double digit rent increases, some even more than that. So I love this story. 
I thought it was just a cute little, not even cute, uh, an exciting David versus Goliath where the Davids yeah. actually won. Mm-hmm. Plus, homegirl honestly- in the picture is wearing my Target dress. Yeah, I also have, and I'm just like, you girl, girl, I love a target dress. I mean, <laughs> is there anything better than a target dress? It just really isn't. <laughs> well, I mean, this particular dress traumatized me because it's it buttons all the way down the front, and I had one. This was, can I go there? I'm going to go there. I was on the way to work in the before times. I had this dress on, plus like a a bag that went across my, you know, strapped across the the front or whatever. Slowly but surely, each of those buttons was popping open <sighs> on the six train. And it was a, it was, it was a, it was a woman. He was giving a show, me. girl. Oh my God, was I giving it? I've never been so mortified in my life when this woman tapped me and she was like, ma'am. And she looked down and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Manny was holding on to the pole and working the pole at the same time in the, in the, in the subway. <laughs> For real. Listen, if you've never been a working woman who had to go to CVS with safety pins and pin herself into a dress on a work call, <laughs> You know, then have you really lived? Have you ever really <laughs> found success? All right. That's my break and my, my your boost. Wait, your my boost. boost. Oh, your yes. Boost? <laughs> my boost for the Bronx tenants. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Oh, this was nice. Did you guys miss us? My love language is words of affirmation. I need to hear it. Tell us. <laughs> yes, tell us. Shout us out on IG. We're at mm-hmm. Brown Admission Podcast. Thank y'all again. And quick acknowledgement to our two-time Webby Award-winning show. Speaking yes. about you know getting our flowers, y'all helped us get one of those Webbies. So yes. thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels good. We're getting back ish in a groove yes. ish. <laughs> We're also matching in more ways than one today. I know. Yeah. Both got our hair up and our shirts. <laughs> I know. It's too much. <laughs> Little dainty necklaces. Yes. I know. It's good to have you back, Tiff. Yeah, it's good to be backish. <laughs> well, until next week, y'all, this is Brown Ambition. We're out. Bye. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.